Welcome to God in the Wild, a podcast exploring the faith journeys of members of Idlewild Presbyterian Church. In today's episode, we'll hear from several members of Idlewild as they share stories about the Reverend Anne H.K. Apple as we celebrate her ministry at Idlewild Presbyterian Church. This podcast is produced by the Young Adult Ministry in collaboration with the Nurture Ministry Unit. I'm Elizabeth Doolin, the Director of Young Adult Ministry. And I'm Jacob Pierce, the Director of the Nurture Ministry Unit. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, this is AJ Northrup. And I'm Chad Braddock. And we were asked to record something special for Ann Apple. I got to know Ann when I first came to Idlewild, I guess 2008. But we really started to connect and I started to get to know her better when I served on the pastor nominating committee that brought her to her current position at Idlewild. Um, We cast a nationwide search, knowing that we had a great candidate that might apply in-house, interviewed a lot of people, and there was no one out there that we interviewed and met with that came close to the love, to the spirituality, to the leadership that we had in Ann Apple. I think that process really brought me closer and saw so many different sides of Ann. Um, and from that point on, I just felt a very special connection to her. I'll, I'll never forget one of the first prides we were at in downtown Memphis. It was pouring rain and Ann was there always at Pride to support our Gay Straight Fellowship and to make sure that everyone knew that Idlewild was a place where all who entered could find a home. In that pouring rain, under a gigantic rainbow flag that was to kick off the parade, and our Idlewild members were there to help carry, a girl, a young girl, came up to to Ann and I, and we had on our Idlewild shirts, and she said, I can't believe you're here from a Presbyterian church. And Ann asked her why. We're a very welcoming church, and she said, She was at a suburban church in Mississippi, and she was told that she was not welcome because she was a lesbian. After a few minutes of talking and assuring her that Idlewild was a place where she would be loved and accepted fully as herself, she ran off into the rain with her friends. But I'll never forget how important it was in that moment for Anne to extend the love of Christ to someone that felt excluded. That's how... Anne has always treated everybody that has come to Idlewild. That's how she treats everyone in her life. And that is one of the thousands of great qualities that Anne H.K. Apple has and has bestowed on, I think, our entire church family at Idlewild. And Anne was uh, instrumental in bringing me back to the church. Chad had me come as a visitor and... It was really Anne that really opened my eyes to uh, what it meant to be a Christian, a follower of Jesus. And um, and soon after that, um, I took trips to Cuba. And my best recollection with Anne Apple is the funny one, is that she acquired a very special nickname uh, on the first trip to Cuba. Um, I had labeled her witchy pastor just because (laughs) of her uniqueness her bold femininity and and i just i i really i really was in awe of her 
still am in awe of her every single day. Um, the, the, the story that I'd like to share is one that was most recently a Cuba trip uh, with Anne and Ann Ferguson and Abigail and Judy Johnson and myself. And just a week before, she had put her hand in some polluted water at Nakomi. And then when she got on a plane and she was told to keep that hand elevated. And her her finger was all bandaged, bandaged up. And she, um, she gave the homily uh, during a worship service in Cuba in perfect Spanish. Um, but the whole time, I just couldn't help but to think that she resembled an Eva Peron. Her hair was twisted back. And she held both of her hands up high when she was behind that podium. And it just made me giggle. And that's an image that will never leave my head or my heart. Thank you so much, Anne, for everything you've done for me, for us, and for our entire family. We love you. I'm Lauren Albanetti. And there are many special moments in my life in which Anne has been present my wedding and the baptism of my children, to name a few. But one of my favorite memories with Anne would be a time we were at Andy and Chick Hill's cabin at the lake. I believe it was the first time we held our young adult women's retreat there. We had been out on the water and Chick was so gracious to take us out on the boat and we all had a lot of fun that day. Later on that evening, we had worship and communion at the shore along with a bonfire. And after communion, most of the ladies went back in for the evening. But Anne, Brittany, Barbie, and I stayed out a little bit longer to sit by the fire and just kind of talk and enjoy the stars and the water and the quiet. Somehow a conversation came up around the verse, be still and know, and what it looked like to be still. We talked about how I struggle with being still and that the idea of meditation or yoga or anything like that just didn't seem to come very naturally to me. My heart and my brain stayed very busy. I talked about how sometimes when running, that that is when all the thoughts and things came together for me, and I'm at peace the most. And it was in that conversation that Anne helped me realize sometimes our being still isn't being still at all. It was such a gift to have received an affirmation like that. And I cherish that conversation and that time by the water with her and Brittany and it will forever be in my heart. This story is from Baron Boyd. A few days before I was asked to participate in the podcast honoring Ann Apple, Rebecca Abel Lamar posted a picture on her Facebook account that was incredibly moving. It was, she was there with the cross of Ace Wednesday's past, Sarah Wolf was there with Ash Wednesday Cross. Anne was there with an Ash Wednesday Cross. And Steve Montgomery was there with an Ash Memory Cross. And they were all grinning for the camera, obviously clearly happy to have made it through the beginning of Lent and looking forward to the Lenten season. Um, she, Anne, and it struck me, I mean, it was terribly sad to see my almost lifelong friend Steve Montgomery there. Uh, who died so tragically. But I'm thinking to myself, my God, none of these people are here. They're all gone. Anne is leaving in a while, but they're all going to be gone by the end of of this next month. 
And it occurred to me that only Ann Apple, with her incredible spiritual gifts, her incredible administrative gifts, her incredible devotion to God and to service to his creation and to the the parishioners of Ottawa Church, could have kept this ship on the right course. Literally, could have this ship could have sunk. It's, it could have been a real disaster when everybody left. People died. Miss um, Faye died. Carol Good died. Steve Montgomery died. Others left to take to take other jobs, as was expected. And I'm not surprised that Anne is leaving, because when you get a new head minister, it, it is time to go. Um, but she will be incredibly, incredibly missed. One of the things I'll miss most about her is her shoes. She would wear the uh, most unbelievably beautiful boots to in, in the pulpit. And I never thought about that, but what does a, a female minister wear in the pulpit? Well, in Anne's case, it was red boots occasionally. Um, one time we were sitting in a, in a session meeting, and I looked at her shoes. She had nice shoes on. She always wore nice shoes. And I looked down, and I saw that on the bottom of her feet, on the bottom of her shoes were several, um, uh, several. I say several because they, had, you know, the, the, there were several price tags still on her shoes. So I sent her a note saying, in the midst of the session meeting, when some important issue was being discussed, I sent her a note and said, "Your price tags are on the bottom of your shoes," and Anne thought. It was funny, and I thought, it, I guess it was funny. I really meant it in all seriousness. I wouldn't want anybody to see price tags on the bottom of my shoes. But she, um, she later told me that the only way she is able to buy so many good shoes is by buying them at a dis- at discount store. After the meeting, I said something to her like, uh, you know, I knew that you were really talented, but I didn't know that you were cheap, too. That's a wonderful trait. Now let's hear a word from Ann Fisher. Hey, this is what I remember and especially what I love about Ann. You're honoring Joseph's raw grief when he simply could not read the ninth verse of Psalm 137. With you and Joseph in the strock serving communion to Mary Davis as she was dying, Helping Joseph struggle down the aisle to receive communion from you, tears in my eyes and in yours. You're trying to get Joseph to talk about his memorial service and is finally whispering, Ein Feistberg is unter Gott. And so you're bringing Barry in the choir to sing around his hospital bed, Joseph mouthing the words as we all sang, A Mighty Fortress. Standing with you and Abigail, leading over the butcher block in our Devonway kitchen while hungrily devouring the fried chicken that wonderful Faye had sent with you. You're aborting your family Thanksgiving trip and returning to Memphis to pray at his memorial service and pray and pray. This is a gift I will take with me to my own death. My hiding the last row of the penalty box wrapped in my black funeral coat and knowing absolutely that you were preaching directly to me. Doodling on paper in the Montgomery room as we came up with the title 1750 Arts, and you're giving my Eliza the whole package of colored markers, a gift she still treasures. Watching from afar as you struggle with the deaths of Steve and Faye and Carol, and wishing I could be with you to weep together. 
and Gentleman Jack, and especially your understanding the importance of side-by-side -side and shoulder-to-shoulder and demonstrably living that truth with your Jim. May your days continue to be filled with passion, with wisdom, with wonder, and with love. I love you. This is Dennis Higdon, and I want to tell you an Ann Apple story that involves my daughter Elise and her fiance Kent. This is a story about a prenuptial visit that they had scheduled with Ann on March the 5th, 2020, which took place that afternoon, exactly an hour after the governor of Tennessee had announced the presence of the first COVID-19 patient in the state. This, of course, meant that the possibility of a wedding happening three weeks down the road when it was scheduled might not happen at all. So while the discussion was going on, Elise asked Ann if there was a way that they could get married today. And thinking Ann might not say yes, but she said, of course. So about 10 minutes after that was decided I got a phone call to come and be a witness to a wedding at Idlewild, and I did. I joined them, and we went through the process of Anne taking them through the church, talking to them all the while about the future and the past, about things that would be important to them in their life, in this church, and then traveling into the sanctuary and spending about 15 minutes in meditation and prayer with Anne before we all went out to the Garth and on a beautiful sunny day stopped at the place where the ashes of Elise's mom, my wife Joanna, was buried. And in the presence of the saints in the Garth, and performed one of the most beautiful weddings that I've ever attended. We were all so excited. And it just proves, again, that Anne can make anything happen. On this day, March the 5th, 2021, we celebrate Elise and Kent's first anniversary. And at this time, thank her for doing what might have been the most intimate and wonderful interaction with our family of the many that she had over the years. So thank you, Anne. The following story comes to us from Judy Johnson. My dear friend Anne Apple is a very artistic woman, artistic in all areas of her life. While in Cuba with an Idlewild group, I learned that I needed to collect trash off the streets for Anne to use in her creations. Anne had come prepared to lead us in creating pieces of art, and she had brought a roll of copper wire with her. What I've learned in the years during Anne's ministry at Idlewild is that Anne Apple in all ways and in all places takes herself and her beloved church members in God's church kingdom from the lowest points such as the trash that's on the street, and helps create a more peaceful and faithful life for all. And also, 
That piece of trash off of the street becomes a work of art to be enjoyed. We learn how good God is when we have experienced and followed Anne's love and joy of God's universal church. This story is from Ted Cashin. Years ago, I was serving communion with Ann Apple. It was uh, in, in Tinction, a.k.a. buffet style, and we had one of our members come through the line, and I was holding the cup, and Ann was holding the bread, and the, the gentleman got the bread from Ann and then immediately put the bread in his mouth and then reached for the cup and started to put it to his lips. And I said, whoa there, cowboy, we don't do it that way here. Ann had a kind of a shocked look on her face, but ever since then, she has called me cowboy. And that is the cowboy story. And in uh, respect for Ann, I call her cowgirl because she's always in cowboy boots. That's it. This next story comes to us from Gib Wilson. I first met Ann at Nakomi, our church's family camp in Middle Tennessee. Our family dynamics are fairly similar in that we both have older children and what my wife Nancy likes to call bonus babies in Abigail and Mia. With that in mind, both Ann and I had gone back to our cabin to put our young children to bed. They were close to one one years old and two years old at the time. Uh, while our older children stayed down at the rec hall to dance and do late night dancing. We started discussing the dynamics of our families with having young children and I explained to Anne that we were probably breaking every rule that every book had ever been written about how to raise a child um, from the, t- you know, letting them sleep in your bedroom to not letting them cry and cry it out and do all those kinds of things that all the so-called experts told you was the correct way to raise a small child. Anne, in her very pastoral voice and way, looked at me very seriously and said, that's okay, your estate will pay for her therapy. Meaning not only would she need therapy when she was older, but that we were so old that we would be dead by the time that happened and our estate would pay for it. We still get a big chuckle out of that. Your estate will pay for her therapy. Hey, this is Laura Gray McCann. Wanting to thank Anne for including me uh, in her ministry. It always seemed to me like Anne was the cool kid in church. And when she started to reach out or we connected, I guess, through one of the young women's retreats, um, I felt like the cool kid had picked me to hang out with him. And in the realm of the church, that was even cooler because I wasn't a thousand percent sure that I belonged. But Anne had a way of finding um, different things about different people um, that makes them feel like they do belong. Kind of playing up to those strengths. Um, 
and so and so it began um I felt cool because and um took an interest in me I guess as a young person in her church and kind of went from there um some things that stick out in my mind are the Friday night runs I know those weren't technically church related but um that was a really fun thing that she and Jim did for whomever wanted to come, you know, followed by always very interesting dinner at their place and just being a part of the young adult, especially young women's group and having Anne um, presiding over that, not even, not heavily, but just sort of as a guiding force was a, was huge for me and needless to say, probably the, the biggest impact she had uh, on me was when my daughter was born and it was a surprise to everybody um, and a very big surprise to me that Anne was I think like the first person that showed up at the hospital the next day and I thought that she had had some sort of divine you know inspiration that and knew that ju- this had just happened but it had turned out um, the divine inspiration was a frantic call from my mother which I don't, I would never want anyone to get one of those. Um, but alas, she acted and kept me calm and we prayed and she didn't just stop there. She kept me connected and afloat and visited and brought a prayer shawl, um, for me that Gladney Gray still sleeps with on her bed today. Um, and she was also the first one that knew when uh, Gladney Gray was out of the hospital. And I'd like to think that Gladney Gray was her only baptism in which the baby ate the entire time she was being baptized. Um, leave it to us to make that kind of differentiation for herself. But she handled it with uh, grace and humor um, like you would expect. Um I'm sad that I haven't gotten to spend time with Anne in this past year, as everybody else probably feels the same way, Um, but I wish her the very best in her next chapter and hope that I'll still get to see her some more. Thanks. Hey Anne, this is Jeff Byers. I'd like to thank you for being such an important and integral part of my life at Idlewild, uh, starting with our meetings to discuss what it would be to be baptized as an adult uh, in the church, and to have you standing with me as I did that, and then join the church. Meeting with you and Amanda prior to our wedding, and discussing what it is to be married and how we would fit and having you perform that wedding for us was just very special and then you also got to bring Luke our son through the baptismal waters it's been a interesting and not a lot of people get to say that they remember their baptism and their own son's baptism, but I'm lucky enough to to be able to say that. Uh, I hope that you know that every time I think of a momentous thing that I want to share with somebody at the church, you're one of the first ones I think of, and uh, you you might still get a text from me every now and again. I hope that's okay. 
anyway, we're very glad that I've gotten to work with you and be a part of your life here at the church. Thanks again, Am. My name is Ann Bradley Thomas, and I have so many wonderful memories of Ann. Watching her delight in my squirming toddlers at early church when they were excited about going to get bread and juice of communion, sharing a meal with her at her house, realizing God cared more about my heart than whether or not I wore cowboy boots to church. But our faith paths really crossed after her sabbatical in 2018. I know when she picked the theme for the sabbatical, she could have never imagined how much it would have been needed. It was navigating hope and despair, love's imagination as a catalyst for change, and specifically how imaginative practices of faith could be instructive for nurturing creativity and ministry, especially for a church in significant transition. Talk about listening for the Spirit's calling. The seeds she planted are just now starting to bloom with the 1750 Arts at Idlewild Ministry, whose vision statement is opportunities grounded in our divine creator, which stir imagination, provoke wonder, form faith, and invite transformation. Of all the teachings and memories of Anne I have, the one that I will remember and hopefully mirror to others is that we are all creative because we are created in God's image. No matter where she is or I am, we will be connected in spirit when we are creating. I'll miss you, Anne. This story comes to us from Ashley Gordon. Thinking back on my time at Idlewild and in the recreation ministry, there are so many ways that Anne has played a vital role and one of those ways for sure was on our women's basketball team and I remember being at Holy Communion one time and we were we were losing by like 20-25 points and I remember during a timeout and saying y'all we've got this we can do it and I remember thinking no we can't we can't and I I remember feeling like well maybe we can Maybe we can. And I remember feeling my toes. Anne would always say, feel your toes. And I remember feeling really grounded. And our whole team kind of pulled together. And we played a lot harder. And I remember always hearing Anne's voice going, we can do this, y'all. Let's do this. And we probably only lost by like maybe 10, which was pretty good against Holy Communion. And Anne's always had a way of doing that, of bringing people together and bringing the good out of people. And, you know, in the pottery studio, that was another place that she could really, she could really bring people together spiritually, emotionally, mentally, with working with clay. She worked with our youth program. She worked with our more than a meal family. And we were able to create art together. And it was one of the most sacred spaces that I will always remember and being in and being able to use art and clay as a, as a way to bring people together and express themselves in a very vulnerable way 
And I'm just so grateful for all the ways that Anne has shown up for me and for the church. And for that, I love you, Anne. Hi, this is Megan Clark. I'm Sloan Clark. And I'm Richard Clark and Ava Wilson Clark is napping. We want to talk about Pastor Anne and pastoral care. For our family, it isn't a big way that Anne has shown up at some monumental occasion. It's the little ways, but she makes each of us feel loved and accepted. It's the texted prayers during the last few hard weeks of pregnancy. It's the welcoming arms during children's service and the special mail that arrives every so often. May, can you talk about seeing Pastor Ann during the children's sermon? I get to sit in Pastor Ann's lap, and sometimes we get to talk about her bracelets, and sometimes she gives me bracelets, and usually we talk about God. Yeah, that's back when we used to attend in person, right? Mm-hmm. So, do you want to talk about the special mail? Yes. Um... She used to send us rocks in the mail, and oftentimes they were shaped like hearts. And one time we got prayer cards, and it said our names with colored in letters. And it reminded us that she was praying for us. Anne has loved each member of our family so well, and we will greatly miss her. We can't wait to see how God will use her next. We aren't saying goodbye because that makes us feel kind of sad, right? So instead we're saying, He laid out gate after wild crocodile. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to nominate someone to be featured on a future episode of God in the Wild, please contact Sherry Gross, coordinator of the Nurture Ministry Unit at sgross at idlewildchurch.org. May God be with you in the wild.